Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from a recent message given by our pastor, Dennis Fountain. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Mark 10, Luke 9. Yeah, Mark 10, Luke 9. We're going to take a break um, for a few weeks from our series in uh, the study of 2 Samuel, and uh, we, will, uh, we will get back to that series um, towards the end of, uh, end of August, actually, so just about four or five weeks away. Uh, we'll get back into that series, but tonight I want to go to, uh, to two different passages and I uh, really just want to uh, kind of give some practical thoughts about the season that we're coming into, and specifically with Vacation Bible School uh, right around the corner and uh, God's plans for that, and really just want to understand what God thinks about kids. I know some of you don't like them, and sometimes I don't like them, but we want to see what God, uh, God thinks. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but uh, you probably have, but have you ever heard somebody that has said that, well, I'm just, uh, I'm just not a, a kid person? You ever heard someone say that? Well, I just, I just don't do kids, you know? And some of you are thinking, that is me. I just do not do kids. We've all met people like that. And, and you know, I, I understand that not everybody enjoys the company of kids. I understand that. Um, but I, I've been around people, and I've met people who truly just didn't like kids and uh, didn't like kids being around. I remember when we were on staff uh, working for my dad, there was uh, at at that church that we were at, we had um, (coughs) a large uh, van van ministry and bus ministry. And every week uh, we were bringing in anywhere for for us, it was large, but anywhere from 75 to, uh, to 100 kids uh, you know, a low Sunday would be 50 kids riding in the different vans and things coming in. And, you know, for some churches, that's not super big. But for us, that was, that was a big group of people. Most of our youth group, when I was the youth pastor, most of them were kids from off the street and rode those vans in and different things like that. And I remember one fella came up. It was, it was around the time for a VBS. And, and this man who was uh, um, in a, a position of leadership at the church it wasn't my dad who was the pastor, just so you know, but uh, it was a man who was in leadership of the church. He came up, and, and he just said, you know, why do we have to have all these kids around? And someone just looked at him and said, excuse me, and called him by name. What, what are you saying? What do you mean? He said, well, listen. He said, we have these events, and we have these, uh, these vacation Bible schools, and I, listen, I'm, 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 I'm all for people trusting Jesus, but um, but they just come in here and they tear up the they tear up the rows, they tear up the envelopes, they tear up the Bibles, they tear up the hymnals, they they tear everything up. I just don't understand why we have to just open it up to them like that. And he said something along the lines of because to me they're all just uh, they're all just a bunch of rugrats. They're all just a bunch of rugrats. Ever heard someone say that? Well, they're just a. Uh, just a bunch of rugrats. This evening, I want, to, I want to help us understand that when God looks at kids, when he looked at you when you were a, a kid, he looked at me when, he, when I was a kid, uh, God didn't see rugrats. I think tonight that <coughs> we're going to discover most of all that God loves kids just like he does adults. And God has some plans for kids, just like he does for adults. And 
tonight, really, I just want us to understand that the Lord didn't look at kids as a bunch of rugrats. And I want us to see some thoughts from two different passages of God's perspective towards children. And the reason is because of coming into VBS. Number one, many of you are serving this week at VBS. I think it'd be healthy for us to have a right, a right spirit going into the week because uh, if, if you're like me, then uh, working with kids, uh, it can become tiring. And it can become, if I can use this word, it can become annoying and, and obnoxious at times. And uh, Pastor Coco is back there, and he can tell you there's some, uh, there's some weeks that he just needs a break. That's why he teaches, what are you, eight, eight on, two off right now? Six on, two off. So he does six weeks on, two weeks off. And, and the reason is because it can just become a lot. But if we're not careful, that can be our approach to kids often. And especially, and I would not... Uh, be mean toward our uh, more seasoned adults here, but I know that as as we age, as we age, our our ability to uh, to tolerate and to deal with the pressure of the age gap and the differences, it can just be a lot. And so tonight, I really just want to look in the Word of God and see what God thinks about it. And as we come to these two passages, I just kind of I want to give you a little bit of background on them because. Um, well, you'll understand why in just a second. In the two passages, Mark chapter number 10, Luke chapter number 9, as well as Matthew chapter number 18, all of the passages kind of took place around the same time. A few of them, there's two different instances, two different situations but they all took place at the same time. If you were to go and study the life of Jesus Christ, uh, personally, I believe we're probably about a year and a half to two years into the life of Christ. Jesus has, by this time, the time we're at in, the, in our, in our uh, passages, he's called all of the uh, um, followers, his apostles, and uh, many of them are already following him. And of course, uh, a lot has already been accomplished. But about a year and a half in, Jesus' notoriety would be growing. His, uh, his influence would be growing. And because of that, you, you and I, if you've been a Bible student of Scripture, which many of you are, uh, you can know that as his notoriety grew, that that popularity really grew. And Jesus began having just droves and droves of people coming to him all of the time. And so in, in one of our passages... That's what's taking place. A number of people are coming to Jesus, and they're, they're coming to him to uh, receive a miracle, to receive some sort of teaching. Of course, we, we can go back, uh, those of you that were here years ago, we did our Life of Christ series and understand that there's a number of different followers that Jesus had. You had the, the fringe followers that were just kind of there to see something happen. You have the Pharisees that were there to, uh, to pick Jesus apart. Then you had the disciples, the true followers, not just the apostles, but those who claim to believe in Christ. And then you had those skeptics, those people on the, on the outside looking in, wondering, is this all true? And so all of those different groups of people, all of them were bringing people to see Jesus, even the Pharisees. Did you know the Pharisees were bringing other Pharisees to meet Christ, not so that they could get to know him or believe on him, but so they could help find a, a reason to stop him. And so in one of our passages, that's what's taking place. And it would seem from the, from the scripture that a group of people bring children to Christ. In one of the passages, they bring children to Christ. And we'll see that. That's in the, the um, Mark chapter 10 passage. In the Luke chapter 9 passage, 
which would take place um, shortly after the Mark chapter 10 passage, maybe before, I might be backwards on them, but they're near each other. What takes place there is the apostles traveling with Jesus, they're, uh, they're arguing about status. It's kind of like the church at Corinth we've been studying on Sunday mornings. Uh, the disciples were very caught up in, hey, Lord, when we get to heaven, who's going to be, you know, who's going to be sitting on your right hand and who's going to be sitting on your left hand? Remember James and John asking, their mom asking that and them asking for that uh, notoriety. Hey, uh, are we going to be great in heaven? And in that passage in Luke chapter 9 as well as Matthew chapter number 18, Jesus uses a child to show them humility and service, helping them understand, hey, you want to be truly great, let me show you someone great. He picks up a child and puts a child on, on his knee and begins to, to teach a lesson. Now, the reason I give the background of both of these passages is because the overlying theme, I believe, of these passages are humility, faith, and service. Jesus teaching a lot in both passages. He teaches a lot about humility, about faith, and about service. So knowing that that's the context, knowing that that really is kind of that overlying theme and, and thought process of what's being taught in there, um, we're going to take that, we're just going to kind of set it to the side. We know that that's the main thrust, but I think also that there's some principles wrapped up in these two passages to help us understand what Jesus really thought about children, to help us understand what Jesus really thought about kids. And so... I take the theme and I kind of set it to the side because normally we would just preach the passage the way it lays out in front of us. But tonight I think that we can, we can gather some principles that are very biblical, that are very true, but more topical on what Jesus thinks about kids. So take your Bibles, if you would, and let's stand and let's turn to our two passages tonight. Let's turn to our two passages tonight and Mark chapter 10 and Luke chapter number 9, and I want to start in, <clears throat> in Mark 10, and we're just going to read just a few verses out of Mark chapter 10, and then we'll move to Luke chapter 9. Mark chapter 10, the Word of God says this in verse number 13. It says, and they brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that, that brought them, and when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. And he said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms and put his hands upon them and blessed them. Now turn over, if you would, to Luke chapter number 9. <clears throat> Excuse me. Luke chapter number nine, and go down to verse number um, verse number forty six. It says, "And there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be the greatest." And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, he took a child, and he set him by him. 
And he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me. And whosoever, shall receive it, uh, and whosoever shall receive me, receiveth him that sent me. For he that is the least among you all, the same shall be great. Two passages tonight, again, two different times. Um, the one in Mark would take place first. The one in Luke 9 would take place uh, um, second. And again, in both of them, Jesus is speaking on Faith, that's the main thrust of the first passage, that you have to receive him with childlike faith. The main thrust of the second is humility and and service. But I think tonight that we can derive some thoughts from these uh, passages just about what God thinks about kids. And I I got four simple truths tonight that I think will be a help to us. And uh, really, I think they'll be an encouragement, give us a little bit to, uh, to focus on this week as we serve and then we'll see what God can do. So let's pray, and we'll get in the message tonight. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, why don't you take a minute, and just in the quietness of your own heart, um, commit the rest of the night to the Lord. God, I give, we give the night to you. And then ask God, God, would you please speak to me tonight? Dear Lord, thank you again for the word of God. Thank you for um, just how you use it to help us. And God, I pray that as we uh, go through the service tonight, that you would help us to be attentive to your word and to your spirit. Pray that you'd help us to receive tonight what you want us to. And then God, I pray also tonight that you would, uh, would be with the O'Neill family. Would you help Sabrina and and Irving and the family and just everything going on there? I pray, Lord, that you would uh, give them wisdom. And Father, we pray for minimal damage and just pray for you to help them. Bless us, Lord, in the next few minutes together. Speak to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. As we come to these two passages tonight, I want to give you just these thoughts about the heart of the Lord towards children. I want us to see, first of all, that God with children, with Jesus, he, he invites them to himself. That the Lord invites them to himself. In our passage there in Mark chapter number 10, We read these words in verse 13 down through verse number 14. We read this, and they brought young children to him that that he should touch them. That phrase, that he should touch them, simply means that he would give a blessing to them, which we see him doing towards the end of the passage. But at this time, it would kind of be customary in in, uh, Jewish, Jewish religion that if you wanted, and kind of like it is in Catholicism to this day, uh, that if you really wanted something special for your kids, that you would go to the rabbi or to the teacher or the master teacher to, uh, to just say a blessing upon your kids. And so there's some, they're, they're bringing young children to Christ so that he might bless them. And it says that his disciples rebuked those that brought them. They rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. That word rebuke in this passage, it means to reprimand or to express severe disapproval. Disapproval, excuse me, severe disapproval. When you look at this, what was going on? Well, people were bringing kids to Christ and the disciples were saying, oh no, he, he doesn't have time. No, he's, he's, he's really busy. No, you can't. But they weren't doing it in maybe the most polite way. Hey, no, hey, 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 don't go over there. Hey, no, he doesn't have time for you. Hey, he doesn't need that. And that rebuke, it's a, it's a severe disapproval. It's that reprimand is what they were doing. Now, 
I think tonight that many of us, we probably would say, well, how dare they? I mean, how dare they do that? Don't they know? Um, but if we were to put ourselves in, in, in their place, we might have done the same thing. You say, well, why, Pastor? I think we might have done the same thing because Jesus, I mean, if you think about what he was doing during this season, I mean, he was healing people. I mean, the blind and the lame and the sick. And, and, and I mean, real miracles were taking place. People who could not walk were brought to Christ and he was helping them walk. People who could not see, I mean, really couldn't see, they were being brought to Christ. And you can go and read many of the passages that say that Jesus would help a multitude and, and heal a multitude of people. John, at the end of his writing, John says that the, uh, the heavens in the, could not contain. I mean, you could take all the scrolls in the world to write out what Jesus did, and it couldn't contain the many miracles that he did. And so all of this is taking place. So now think about the disciples. Here someone comes with their kids, and you ask them, well, what's your ailment? Oh, I don't have an ailment. Well, why are you coming? Oh, I just, just wanted Jesus to bless my kids. And you can imagine, I mean, let's think about maybe the personality of Peter, right? Peter was kind of abrupt. Peter was kind of like a very, very matter of fact. And um, we often say, I mean, you've probably said it too, open mouth, insert foot. That was Peter. I can imagine Peter saying, well, don't you see the line? Hey, do you see this line of, of people? Look, look at all these sick people. Look at the lame people. Look at the blind people. Hey, Jesus doesn't have, he doesn't have time. What, what's your ailment? Come back, come back when you have an issue. Come back when there's really a problem. Because Jesus is, he's actually helping people right now. He doesn't have time for kids. And again, we maybe, we think, how dare they? But the disciples really thought that it was their job to be the bodyguard of Jesus. I, I think, personally, I, I think that's good fellowship. I know in my life, when I've had uh, people that were leading me, I want to help protect them and protect their time. But maybe, maybe they were a little overly defensive here. Because what, what happens? Well, you read what Jesus says at the end of, uh, or the beginning of verse number 14 when it says that Jesus said to them right in the middle, suffer the little children to come unto me, to come unto me and forbid them not. <clears throat> you know, Jesus said that, that phrase, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. It's, it's really Jesus looking. It says he was much displeased. He was displeased with them. I can imagine uh, <clears throat> maybe Jesus is 15, 20 feet away healing people and talking to people and I can imagine him looking over and just shaking his head saying hey hey allow them to come unto me forbid them not it means don't hinder them don't stop them from coming do you know what I see when I look at at the heart of Jesus toward children is the same spirit that he has toward anybody well what's that he invites everyone to come. He invites anybody to come to him. Not just those with issues. He invites anybody. I, I understand we know that tonight, but I think sometimes we forget that. 
we forget that not just with kids and that man at the church that said, what are these just a bunch of rugrats coming in here? They cost the church money and tear up the church property. Man, you know what? He forgot. He forgot that God, Jesus invites kids to himself just like he does adults. But not only do we forget it with kids, I think we sometimes forget it with other people. Don't we? We, we think often, oh, well, that person there, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if Jesus could reach them. That person, I don't know if they have much to offer Christ. And oh, we may not verbalize that, but we, we might think that. I'm gonna tell you, I think tonight when we think those thoughts that the Lord might say to us, hey, hey, don't, don't hinder people from coming to me. Why? Because I invite them in. I invite them in. I'm thinking about our end of the city outreaches and you'll notice a, kind of a trend from here all the way until uh, uh, September 12th. Um, different, different messages and times and videos that we show all having to do with outreach. And I really kind of wanted tonight to be the, the, uh, the, the springboard into this to help us remember that not only does Jesus invite kids to himself, but he invites everybody. I mean, Luke chapter 19, verse number 10, we know the verse, the son of man has come to seek and to save what? That which is lost. And everybody that's lost I can imagine Jesus maybe saying to the disciples, hey, don't wait for them to have a bunch of problems. Let them come to me when they're little so we can save them from problems. Man, what's his spirit towards people, the spirit of Christ towards people, is I invite you to come. Right? Isn't it Jesus that said, if any man will come unto me, I will receive him. Man, Revelation, I'm, I would like to sup with anybody. And of course, that's written to the churches. But there's just so much there about Christ inviting people unto himself. And what do we see his relationship or his thought is about children? His thought is, I, I want to invite them to me. And that's why you and I have a great opportunity this week to invite kids to him. How? Uh, man, invite them to VBS. What are they going to hear at VBS? They're just going to hear about Jesus. That's what they're going to hear. They're going to get Bible stories and crafts and all these things in the closing session, and they're going to have fun, and it's going to be crazy, and there's going to be awesome skits and candies and giveaway and all the fun stuff that goes along with it. Uh, but the goal of it is to bring kids in to, to tell them about Jesus. Why? Because he invites them. And if he invites, you know who he wants to use to invite them is he wants to use us. And so they're not a bunch of rugrats. They're a bunch of people, souls, that Jesus invites to himself. I see tonight that he invites them. I see secondly that he reaches them. In our passage in Mark chapter 10, I see that Jesus reaches them. Notice what it says in Mark 10 verse 14. Jesus says, for, such, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. In this verse, Jesus is simply saying everybody has to come to him like a child. There's people, false religions that teach that, um, and it's, it's kind of gone away in the last 15 to 20 years, but there's religions out there that teach that there's certain, a certain age of adults that Jesus can't reach you, that you have to get saved as a child because that's what Jesus said in this passage. So it has to be an age thing. Maybe, have anybody ever heard that? You've heard that? Okay, a couple of hands. So it's kind of gone off the scene. 
Uh, but I remember, I remember growing up in Colorado and my dad having to address like this. By, this is not saying that adults can't be saved because that was kind of a false teaching that, that some people were believing. No, what Jesus is referring to is their childlike faith. <clears throat> you ever notice how easy kids trust? Man, kids are trusting. That's why moms and dads teach kids don't, don't talk with strangers, right? Don't go anywhere with strangers. Why? Because you and I know that a stranger can come up and win a child's trust just like that. They come up and they can win their trust. I mean, just in the, in the drop of a hat, they can, they can win their trust. Do you know what Jesus is, is referring to here is this childlike faith, not the fact that kids are easy to trust or, or kids have, a, have a, um, uh, an easy trust or a quick trust, but I believe it's the fact that kids, they have a complete trust. Kids just trust you all the way. Many of you know our friend Kurt Skelly. Uh, Kurt <clears throat> tells a story of when he was, um, when he was younger, and uh, he's, if you don't know Kurt Skelly, he pastors in Fredericksburg, Fredericksburg, Virginia, preaches our youth rally every year, and will be here in just a, um, just a month for our Ignite Youth Rally. That was the other announcement. Ignite Youth Rally is coming up. There we go. You called it, Brian. Uh, anyway, Kurt was telling a story, um, and uh, he tells a story about when he was uh, an, a young dad, and of course, his kids are older, and they have kids now, and he's a grandpa, and, and he was telling about when uh, their son, Nathaniel, many of you remember Nathaniel was here and did our finance, faith and finance back in February. Nathaniel was probably, um, probably I think, seven to 10 years old, somewhere in there, and uh, Pastor Skelly was pastoring at that time in in, uh, right outside of Pittsburgh, and they had a Christian school. And one day, they were on their way to, um, to school, and Nathaniel saw a billboard for, for Tiger Woods, saw a billboard for Tiger Woods. And so he said, he kind of liked golf, he said, hey, Dad, do you think Tiger Woods, he's an up-and-coming golfer, do you think Tiger Woods is the best golfer ever? And Kurt Skelly, driving his car, he just told his son, well, Nathaniel, that's silly. That's silly. I'm older than Tiger Woods. And Nathaniel said, oh, okay, dad, what's that mean? He said, well, I've been golfing longer than Tiger Woods. So if I'm older and I've been golfing longer, who do you think is better? Oh, well, yeah, dad, you're, you're probably the best golfer ever. <laughs> and if you know Kurt, he just Kept driving down the road. A few hours later, of course, the Christian school, he began to get phone calls from a couple of the teachers saying, hey, did you know that Nathaniel is walking around telling people that you're a better golfer than Tiger Woods? He said, well, that, that's okay. Let them believe it. So the story continues, and I, the events, I might get out of whack, but it ended up later that Kurt Skelly told his son uh, on another thing about flying helicopters. His son asked about flying helicopters, and he told him, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a military, which he never was in the military. He says, I'm, I, I was one of the best pilots in the military. And as a matter of fact, I'm the best, you know, I'm the best helicopter pilot they've ever had, and I work for the FBI. And, you know, the, the stories that every dad tells his kid. 
Uh, but the funny thing is, is that it began to spread within the school. And before you know it, and he said it this way, he says, before you know it, I got up to preach on Sunday and no one believed a word I said uh, because it had spread through the Christian school that I was lying to my kid, telling him I was in the, he's like, I was just thinking he'll, you know, he'll get over this and all that stuff. But you know what kids do? They just believe you. Kids just believe. When it talks about a childlike faith, man, it is a complete faith, a complete trust. In the passage, that's specifically what Jesus is teaching through this uh, this, uh, um, illustration and using this thing, saying, hey, unless you come to me with childlike faith, a complete belief, you're you're not going to be saved. But the little principle that I want to pull out of this tonight for us is the fact that God cares enough that he wants to reach kids. Man, Jesus wants to reach children just like he wants to reach adults. He wants anybody and everybody to come to him by faith. You know, one of the reasons that I think a children's ministry is is needed is because, number one, not only does God invite them, but number two, kids, sometimes kids are the best candidates for salvation. Well, why? They don't have all the baggage they don't have all the mishaps and all the frustrations and all the, all the hurts. They come and they hear, hey, you're loved by Jesus. He died on the cross for you because you're a sinner. Do you know what sin is? I think I've only been around two or three kids. Honestly, I think I've only been around two or three kids that are like, no, I, I, you know, that are of age. I don't think I had two or three kids that were like, nope, I'm not a sinner. Uh, most all kids are like, yep, I lied last week. <laughs> Yep, I stole something this morning. Yep, I hit my sister. You know, it's just, it's there. They're ready to admit it. I know a lot of 30 and 35-year-olds, and I've told the story of of outreach and uh, talking to an 85-year-old, said, well, you know, I just don't think I've ever sinned. I said, well, there's got to be some time you told a lie. Man, no, I honestly, I mean, I've, I've been pretty good my entire life. You, you've never lied. No, I always told the truth. Liar! <laughs> you know what? Kids aren't going to sugarcoat it. Kids aren't going to cover it up. Kids, they realize, like, I'm a sinner, and you told me that Jesus from the Bible can save me. I want that. And you know what? The simplicity of the gospel can reach kids. I see tonight that he invites kids to himself, and And he also, he reaches them. Just like anybody else, he says, whosoever believes can come. John 6, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I see tonight that he invites them. He invites kids to him. He he reaches kids. But then I want you to also see tonight that he serves kids. And Jesus has a heart to serve children. Turn over to our passage in Luke chapter number 9. Again, two different instances, two different stories. Luke chapter number nine. <clears throat> and it says this, it says, there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be the greatest? What's this mean? There's an argument. Who's better? Who's, who has higher status? And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, He took a child, and he set him by him. 
And Jesus said unto them, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among you, the same shall be great. Now what's Jesus speaking about in this particular ver- these particular verses? What is he teaching them? He's teaching them about humility. Hey, who's the greatest? And Jesus is like, you want to know who's the greatest? There you go. Well, what, what, Jesus, you're saying that child is the greatest among us? No, I'm saying if you can, if, if you're a great person, you're going to look at this child, you're going to see somebody important, you're going to see somebody worth serving, you're going to see that the way, this is what he's teaching the disciples, you're going to see that the way that you and I view greatness is not really greatness. But there's a side principle that Jesus is, is teaching here, and I believe it's the principle that he wants to serve kids. You see the phrase when it says, whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me. Whosoever shall receive me receiveth him that sent me. You see the, the phrasing, whosoever shall receive, Matthew 18, 5, he says it this day, whoso shall receive one such little child in my name uh, receiveth me. <clears throat> the idea here would be... Um, well, it would be kind of the idea of adoption. So let me use that. It's not, it's not a perfect illustration, but it'll kind of connect a few dots. Um, adoption says, you're not mine. You're not mine, but I will make you mine. Well, what are you going to do? I will serve you. I will give to you. I will provide for you. I will help you. I will protect you. There's, there's a, whole, um, a whole slew of responsibility that comes along with adoption, isn't there? So the idea of receiving one is, Micah, come here real quick. Now, this really is my son, so I have to really use our imagination now. But if Micah, if, if he wasn't, but I was adopting him, I would, I would say, Micah, I'm gonna bring you into my family. Now, I take full responsibility for you. I will help you. I will serve. I will use my, think about it this way. I will use my life to help serve better, better serve your life. Does that make sense? So when Jesus is talking about this, the disciples, let's connect the dots, the disciples say, hey, who's the greatest among us? They're, they're thinking that. Jesus perceives their thoughts. He grabs a child and he sets him by him. And he said, whosoever receiveth one of these little ones, receiveth me. And him that receiveth me, receiveth my father. So the opposite is also true. If you don't receive one, you're not receiving the Lord. Now, again, this is not talking about salvation. I hope it's not confusing on tonight. But that phrase, receiveth, it means to bring in, to bring in with the, the, the intent of concern or the, the intent to care for, the intent to serve, to bring in as my own, to treat as one of mine. Now, I'll tell you, as I was studying this, my mind went to our year this last year. Many of you know that we've, we've done that with our three, uh, uh, two nephews and niece. They've come into our home. And so I'm reading this and I'm looking up these words and dissecting this idea of receiving one such, uh, receiving one such little child in my name receiveth me. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, wow, what an awesome thought that Christ is saying. What's he saying? They're arguing over who's the greatest, 
And he helps them understand your greatness is not about what you, who you think you are. Your greatness exists in who you serve. It, it exists in how you serve. I found a quote. Good job. You did a great job standing there. I'm proud of you. I found a quote that really helped summarize that. It's not about where you sit, but who you serve. It's not about where you sit, but who you serve. I really like that quote because here's the disciples, right? Who's going to be the greatest? Can we sit on your right hand, sit on your left? Uh, is, a, is another discussion that they're having. And the principle that Jesus always was trying to get across to them in this is it's not about where you sit. It's about who you serve. And Jesus is using this child as a picture of humility and a picture of, of service. And he's teaching, hey, I care about serving the least of these. One man said it this way, the measure of a man's greatness is not how many serve him, but how many he has served. When you look at the thought that Christ had toward anybody, we know that it says in Mark chapter, uh, Mark chapter 10, whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all, listen, for even the Son of Man, he came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. Man, Jesus didn't come to be served, he came to serve. And so when the disciples are learning this lesson, Jesus uses a child, whosoever receives, hey, if you can serve a child, somebody that's looked down upon in that culture, somebody that wasn't revered, somebody that you, you really didn't have time for, if you can take responsibility for this as if they were yours, you're doing it as unto the Lord. You're, you're doing it like you're receiving me. It's not the child, well, it's an insignificant 10-year-old. That's an insignificant 8-year-old. I mean, what could they possibly have to help me be better? Jesus is saying, if you can look at it and see, they're worth serving because God would serve them. Since he'll serve them, I'll serve them. And I'm not going to serve them any less than I would the 58-year-old. I'm not going to serve them uh, um, with a, a, a different spirit or a different attitude than I would the adult that can offer me something. You see, you and I, how do we serve? Sometimes we serve with what can we get in return. And I'll guarantee you, what you're going to get if you serve in VBS this week, what you're going to get in return is not rest, <laughs> some frustration, some irritation. You're going to get some uh, some hours of just going, oh, 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 what in the world? That was loud. You're going to think, what in the world? And so if I, if I approach or if you approach a, a VBS week or a, a week ministering to kids and you think, well, what can I get out of this? We're approaching it with the wrong heart. Why? That's not his heart. The heart of Jesus was I serve them. I see he invites kids. He reaches them. He serves them. But lastly tonight, he protects them. He protects them. The correlating passage with uh, Luke chapter number nine is found in uh, Matthew um, chapter number eight, or excuse me, the correlating passage with Mark chapter nine, Mark chapter 10 is Matthew 18. Notice what Jesus says. He says, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offense comes, cometh. 
Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. If thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do also behold the face of my Father which is in heaven." I don't have time to really dive into this passage completely, but I think that verse number six is pretty clear. If you offend a child, the Lord says, it would be better for you to have a millstone hanged around your neck and thrown into the sea. Well, why? Verse number 10, because the angels, they have the face of God. Well, what does that mean? The angels that watch over kids And I'm not going to try to get into guardian angels and all this uh, crazy stuff that we could go off on. No, the angels that, that watch over kids, they have God's ear pretty quick. Well, what does this verse teach us? What does this passage teach us? One simple principle, God protects kids. So what should I do? I should be aware of, listen, I should be aware of how I influence children. I should be aware of the testimony I leave for kids. I should be aware of, of how I serve them. Should I be intimidated? Oh, man, I, I, better, I better serve well. Man, I guess I'll sign up to serve at VBS because if I don't, God might strike me dead. No, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we just need to be aware of the testimony that we have because God looks at children as important. How many of you, how many of you were a kid at one time? Raise your hand. Oh, okay, good. Uh, man, there's only, there's only three or four of you that, that you were not kids. You didn't raise your hand. And you know what? All of us were there. All of us were kids. Every year at our church, <clears throat> we schedule a lot of things. Every September, October, we plan a, it's called a staff refresh. We go away for two or three days, and we go away, and we uh, spend some time planning. And what do we plan? We plan the calendar. We plan the schedule. We plan everything that's going on. And let me tell you tonight that one of the ministries and some of the events that are non-negotiables to me are kids' ministries, kids' events. VBS, it's kind of one of those things, it, it's going to move around, but VBS is important to me. Well, pastor, that's just because you get to dress up and be crazy. That is one reason, yes. (laughs) But it's because I know the Lord loves kids, just like he loved you when you were a kid. Remember that song, Jesus Loves the Little Children? You remember that? Man, he, he really does love kids, and he loves adults. And so we're having a VBS because we want to love kids just like Jesus does. We want to invite them in. We want to reach them with the gospel. We want to serve them. We want to be aware of how we influence them. Well, well Pastor, why would we want all of those things in our mind? Because they were all in Jesus' mind. He thought about all of those things. Hey, suffer them to come to me. Hey, they come to me in faith. I'm going to use them as an illustration of childlike faith, of fully trusting, because I can reach them just like I can reach an adult. 
hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve them. And if you serve one of them with the right spirit, it's just like you're serving me. And remember your influence. Because I watch over them. And it'd be better for you if instead of offending a child, you just hang a millstone about your neck and throw yourself into the ocean. That's some pretty, that's some pretty hard language. But you know what? It's just Jesus helping, helping us understand the importance not only of kids, but I'd say today, I think it helps us understand the importance of people. Aren't you thankful that Jesus loves people? And he loves you. He loves me. And so tonight, I just want to encourage you to, to maybe make a decision. Number one, make a decision just about people. God, help me to see people how you see them. Help me to see children, not as a bunch of rugrats that just tear this place up. God, help me to see them as somebody that you died for. Number two, God, help me to be aware. Every adult in here, if you have kids or grandkids in your home, you especially, but even if you don't, think about the influence that you're leaving. What's the influence that you're leaving in kids? Because, man, my influence truly matters. And then that third thing, I just want to ask God to help us. Help us to serve kids. This week, VBS, many of you have already signed up. You're already helping. God, help me to serve kids just like I'm serving you. Help me to invest in them just like you invest into me. Help me not to look at status and greatness based upon, based upon uh, my, who I'm serving and how or where I sit. But let me not, excuse me, I messed that quote up. Let me not base it upon where I sit, my status upon where I sit. But God, help me instead to see the importance that it's in who I serve. And I can serve a kid this week. That snotty nose little blonde-haired kid that might have a little bit of a foul mouth that might come up. He might complain about the cookies. He might spill his Kool-Aid. He might, you know, try to pick a fight. You say, all that's going to happen this week? Oh, yeah, it's all going to happen this week. But I hope that we would be able to bring him in and preach the gospel to him just the same. Why? Because God loves him. So I just want to encourage us tonight. Let's ask God, God, help me to have a right attitude towards children and toward people. Help me to have your attitude towards them. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.